friends. This is Cliff Knight from Equippers International. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We want to lift up Jesus and provide a place for you to learn more about Him and to grow in your relationship with Him. If you find the podcast helpful, feel free to share it with others. We believe it will be a source of blessing and encouragement, and you will be strengthened in your relationship with Jesus. Hello, welcome back to the Equippers International Podcast. We're studying the book of Romans, and we're in chapter 2 in today's episode. In this episode, we're going to look at verses 5 through 11. We're going to do a little bit of recap from the previous episode, and then we'll move into some interpretation of these verses. Let me read the verses first, and then we'll get into the episode. But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to each person according to his deeds. To those who by perseverance in doing good seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, wrath and indignation, there will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Greek. But glory and honor and peace to everyone who does good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for there is no partiality with God. Well, if you've been following along, you remember in the previous episode, we concluded there talking about verse 4, about how the riches of the kindness and the tolerance and patience of God brings people to repentance. So there's this tension in this whole conversation about judgment between that judgment and the mercy and tolerance and the kindness of God. Now, this is a theme that's going to be recurring throughout the entire Bible. God has to rightly judge the unrighteous actions of people. But at the same time, his character of love is driven to a place where he is patient and he's kind and he's going to show mercy. So judgment and mercy are always in tension with one another. You know, it reminds me of the verse in James chapter 2 where James says, mercy triumphs over judgment. So ultimately, God wants to find a way to be able to be just and to ultimately show his mercy and his love and his compassion to the people that he's created, to mankind, because he loves his creation. He doesn't find pleasure in standing in judgment against it. But because of his nature, there has to be consequences because of the whole way that God has established the economy of relationship between man and himself. There has to be consequences. There's choices and there's consequences. This is what makes it a relationship. God could have set it up a different way to where he just programmed man to do exactly what he wanted to do, but it would not have the element of love and choice. And because of that, it's a relationship. And so God has established consequences, and these consequences are played out in the form of his judgment. Now, we've talked a little bit about judgment. We talked about it some in the previous episode. It's not necessarily this notion that God is going to be striking people in judgment, so to speak. It's more that God has built into the economy of things 
a judgment process that takes place, and it's according to the truth. It's according to what happens in a person's life when they choose to step out in disobedience against God's desire, His expressed will, and His design for us to live in healthy, loving communion with Him. When we step out of that, there is judgment. Now, we're going to look again more specifically at judgment in the coming episodes, but we just have to step through step by step in this process. Now, in these verses that we're looking at today, Paul's having a discussion about works, this idea of the things that we do in our life. He calls our deeds. And he says there in verse 6 that God is going to render to each person according to his deeds. That idea of rendering is he's rendering the judgment. He's going to bring some type of reward to those that do good deeds and also a consequence, or you can put it this way, a negative reward for those that do bad deeds. So this idea of good works and bad works is not foreign. You remember a passage, famous passage in Matthew 25, where Jesus does exactly the same thing. And it says that when he comes in the glory of his kingdom, he's going to separate people and put some people on his right and some people on his left. And he's going to declare a judgment upon their life. And that judgment is based on their works. Now, what in the world is all this about? Because it seems that it flies right in the face of everything that Paul is driving at in these first chapters of the book of Romans. Remember that if we're zoomed in too closely and we only look at specific verses in the narrative, we can lose our context. So sometimes we have to back out and get more of a wide angle view, so to speak, on the total narrative. Because Paul's going to conclude that no person can be justified, or another way of putting that, to be right before God based on their deeds or on their works. It's only based on faith. So what are Paul and Jesus saying? Well, I believe the answer ultimately lies in how the biblical writers saw reality. Now, I don't want to get too deep into philosophy, but it is really a philosophical question. It really is an issue about worldview, about how you see the reality of things. And modern people like ourselves have been significantly impacted and shaped by different philosophical frameworks. Now, one of those specifically is a very important framework that early thinkers like Plato and his proponents put forth. Basically, they put forth this notion that the world was divided, that the spiritual realm and the physical realm were very different. And this finds its expression in what a lot of people would call Gnosticism. It's a very Greek way of thinking. And it says basically that the spiritual realm is good and the physical realm is evil. And so there's this dichotomy. There's this separation in thinking. Ultimately, for a guy like Plato, he believed that the soul that was inside the body was good and holy inherently and that the body was evil. And therefore, what you did with your body really didn't matter because the soul was protected inside the body and was good. And ultimately, there was this idea that the soul would be freed from the body one day 
and the soul would go on living eternally in bliss. Well, this idea has deeply impacted the way people see the reality of things. But the biblical writers did not see it that way. The biblical writers saw things in a very holistic framework. They didn't see a separation. They saw a unity. They saw a congruency between what was on the inside and what was on the outside. So on a very simple level, basically what I'm saying is that Paul and Jesus, when they spoke about deeds and they spoke about the outward works of what happens in our lives, they simply saw that as a direct correlation between what was a reality on the inside. So what on the inside directly impacts what comes out on the outside, if that makes sense. So for Paul and Jesus to say the deeds are what matters, they're actually saying that the deeds spring forth from the condition of the heart. Jesus put it this way. He spoke about a tree. He said a good tree cannot produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So it's the internal condition of the heart of the person that brings forth the outward expression and what the Bible calls deeds. So I don't think in a general sense, Paul or Jesus is promoting ultimate reward or salvation or eternal life because they both use the term eternal life in Matthew 25 in the case of Jesus and here in Romans chapter 2 in the case of Paul. So I don't think that they're saying that eternal life is secured by what we do. It's secured by who we are. It's secured by the internal condition. And that's where Paul's ultimately driving through the book of Romans, that there's been a substantial shift. Paul's not contradicting himself. He's just using a first century mindset, a way of thinking that connects deeds to the internal condition of the person. He would not see it as a separate thing. So we don't have to throw our hands up and say, oh, well, Paul's talking about works salvation. No, he's not. He's talking about the fact that the judgment of God on the external, on that which we can see, will appear to be based on what is coming out of the fruit of a person's life. But let's just stop there, and tomorrow we'll go into a little more interpretation of what Paul's saying in these verses in regards to those who do good deeds and those who do bad deeds in their subsequent judgment. But let's just reflect today on the fact that God is really judging according to the truth of what's inside a person's heart. That's what he looks at. He's not persuaded by external appearances. He knows how to discern based on what he sees on the external, what's happening on the internal. And so let's sit with that thought today. Be strong and courageous and love Jesus more. 